Well, good, e- uh, good Easter morning <laughs> to all of you uh, this day. Oh, happy day. So let's read about that first Easter as we read from the Gospel of Matthew from the 28th chapter. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who is crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. And suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go. And tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Amen. There was a violent earthquake, says Matthew. We don't know how powerful that earthquake was on the Richter scale. No, Richter was not invented yet. But it doesn't matter because the earthquake that Matthew is anxious to tell us about is not so much physical as it is spiritual in nature. Something happened on that first Easter morning that was of such magnitude, of such explosive power, that the world and human life hasn't been the same since. As Matthew tells the story, the whole scene around Jesus' burial site was filled with excitement. The action is intense. An angel came down from heaven accompanied by tremendous rumbling and jostling of the earth and a ripping away of the stone, a wave that blocked the entrance from the tomb. The guards were reduced to fear and trembling, their knees knocking in sheer terror, becoming like dead men. The women are absolutely overwhelmed. The startling message of the resurrection delivered by the angel rocks and shocks an unexpecting world. Earthquakes often come without warning, and that was certainly the case with this Easter earthquake. No one was expecting it. No one guessed that Jesus would be raised from the dead. The chief priests and the Romans thought that they had gotten rid of a public nuisance. Uh, They were glad to be uh, done with a, a heretic and a revolutionary. He was crucified, dead, and buried. Good riddance. Even his own disciples thought that uh, everything was over, their hopes were gone. They went back to their old life saying, dejectedly, we had hoped that he had been the one to redeem Israel. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to the tomb, not expecting to find a risen Jesus, of course, but to anoint a dead body and to pay their last respects. No, no one was expecting the turn of events that morning, this, this earthquake No wonder the message of Jesus' resurrection caused such shock and such astonishment. 
An earthquake of great magnitude leaves many after effects, and we only have to look around to see the after effects of the resurrection earthquake. We see evidence of its power everywhere. We can name a few. There are the writings of the New Testament. The apostles wouldn't have bothered to write about the story if it only ended in tragedy, but it was the impact of the resurrection that compelled them to write, and great ties of joy sweep through the whole, all those writings, and it's the result of Easter. And then there's a change of the day of worship. Now, this is a bigger deal than you might think. For centuries, the Jews worshipped on a Sabbath, that is, on Saturday. The Sabbath observance was enshrined in the Ten Commandments. But the early Christians, who were themselves devout Jews, changed that revered tradition and began to worship on Sunday, the Lord's Day, for no other reason than to commemorate the day that Jesus arose. Only a cataclysmic event like the resurrection would have compelled them to tamper with a time-honored tradition. The new day of worship tells us how central the resurrection was in the faith of those early Christians and how certain they were that Jesus achieved victory over death. If you were to ask a, a Christian back then why they became a Christian, they would say, universally, because Jesus was raised from the dead. The resurrection of Jesus was the center of the Christian message. But by far the greatest after effect of the Easter earthquake is the transformation of the disciples and the existence of the Christian church. Think, uh, think of this for a moment. Uh, Jesus was crucified. He was buried. That left the disciples disheartened and uh, disillusioned, dejected, fearful. Uh, they were suffering. They were mourning. They were hiding behind locked doors. Then came Easter morning and the awesome event of the resurrection. And so overnight, those despairing, dejected disciples went out into the streets and were full of joy. What caused the change? What caused them to give, up their, to give their very lives to the cause? Well, they were willing to die for it. Would they die for a lie? Only the explosive impact of the resurrection can account for a change so sudden and so complete and so dramatic. In fact, without the resurrection of Christ, it's safe to say the church would have died with Jesus. Good, Good Friday would have become Bad Friday. There would have been no gospel, no good news to share. His followers would be able to give no hope to the world. They could only have cited another example of which history has too many, where goodness and truth and love were overwhelmed by the evil in the world. That the church has survived and that well over a billion people on planet earth would call themselves Christians is evidence of the incredible power of the Easter earthquake. In fact, were it not for the resurrection, we would not be sitting here this morning. There would be no Christian church. There would be no muckle teo Presbyterian church. So I could go on and, and talk about uh, the effects of this quake, the countless lives that have, that have has changed, that ch people changed. We can talk about his influence on the arts, on music, on literature, on architecture, on morality. Now, 
There have been many powerful physical earthquakes on the face of the earth, but nothing so earth-shaking, so life-changing, so life-rearranging as that spiritual earthquake that took place 2,000 years ago. And the question is, does that have the same impact on our lives today? And I think, to be honest, we have to confess that the earth-shaking significance of that Easter earthquake doesn't hit with full force. A writer and a pastor by the name of Will Williman told the story of visiting a church in Alaska when an actual earthquake took place during morning worship where he was a guest preacher. He tells of this experience. He says, during my sermon, the earth heaved for a moment that seemed to last forever. The little church shook. The Alaskans sat there like it was another day at the office. Their only response was a woman who said, well, how about that? The light fixtures didn't fall this time. <laughs> and Willman said, I ended my sermon immediately. I was shaken by the earthquake, but also shaken by those nonchalant, nonchalant Alaskans. Afterward, I asked the pastor, what would it take to get this congregation's attention? I'd hate to have to preach to them every Sunday. And I thought about that. What's it going to take to get this congregation's attention? What's it going to take? And Willeman says, people like us are the sort of folk who like to believe that you could have resurrection and still have the world as it was yesterday. We want to have Easter and still have our world unrocked by resurrection. We are amazingly well adjusted to the same old world. I think that's why, says, says Willem, and that's why Matthew says that when there was Easter, the whole earth shook. Luke does Easter as a meal on Sunday evening with the risen Christ. John has the resurrected Jesus encounter Mary Magdalene in the garden. But Matthew, Easter is an earthquake with doors shaken off tombs and dead people walking the streets, the stone rolled away by the ruckus, and an imprudent angel sitting on it. And that kind of of explosive power that blew that stone away and raised Jesus from the dead is available to you and to me. The angel said to the women, and he says to you and to me, come and see the place where he lay. Come and see. Come and experience for yourselves the power of the resurrection. Do you know that because he lives and is at work in our hearts, it's possible to be resurrected to a whole new quality of living? Do you know that because he lives and is at work in our hearts, that power is available for you and me to conquer whatever life dishes out to us, the worst that life can bring to us, discouragement, despair, fear, suffering, even death itself? Do you know that because he lives, we shall live also, and that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, or height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation can separate us from his great love? Probably the greatest evidence for the resurrection are the lives that, that Jesus Christ have changed 
down through the centuries, millions upon millions of people say that it was Christ who changed their lives for the better. Uh, you may know that uh, tonight, I think it's on NBC, they're doing a live rendition of Jesus Christ Superstar, right? Andrew Lloyd Webber's Jesus Christ Superstar. Uh, that's been around for a while because I remember that in high school. Uh, that was, there was quite a buzz about that. And uh, the, the guy who's playing Herod is none other than Alice Cooper. Well, Alice Cooper, you know, is a rocker from way back. Uh, and maybe you've seen in the news lately that Alice Cooper says that it is Jesus Christ that saved him, that literally saved his life because Alice Cooper was palling around with all those other rockers, and many of the rockers he palled around with lost their lives in the late 20s. And Alice says, well, I'm not going to do that. So he went back to the faith in which he was raised. And I think his dad was a pastor or his grandfather or something like that. But, he's, but he's, he makes no bones of the fact that Christ saved his life. Literally, that's why he's alive today. Alice Cooper, of all people. I mean, no fooling, really. And he's quite outspoken today. So he's playing Herod tonight. Uh, so check that out. This is the earth-shaking news of Easter. It has everything to do with our lives. There is power for you and for me that will transform our lives, that will fill us with hope and meaning and purpose. And really, isn't that what we all want? Isn't that what we're all looking for? The hope is in the risen Lord. It's all about Easter. And it's incredible truth. Come and see, says the angel. And that's what Jesus said to those first, uh, those first followers, right? First thing he said to them was, come, come and see. Come walk with me a ways and see if it makes a difference in your life. There is a, uh, a beautiful picture of Jesus inviting style in uh, C.S. Lewis's The Horse and His Boy, which is part of the Chronicles of Narnia series. And uh, you may know that Aslan, uh, the lion, is the Christ figure in these stories. And uh, the young boy Shasta is walking on a steep mountain pass in the middle of a dense fog at night. And he senses a huge presence walking beside him. And so Shasta finally gets the courage to whisper out, Who are you? And the resonant golden voice of Aslan answers, One who has waited long for you to speak. And you see, that's Jesus' style. He doesn't force himself upon us. Come and see, he says. He invites. So he invites you and me to walk, him, walk with him along life's journey. We don't have to know everything about him before we can follow. All we have to do is take one step in his direction, saying, Jesus, I'm not sure who you really are. I'm not sure what I believe. I'm not even sure you exist. I don't know all this stuff about Easter, but you know what? I'm willing to check it out. I'm willing to give you a try. I am open to what you would show me. 
openness is the one thing lacking in so many otherwise intelligent people today. They reject Christ out of hand without ever taking an honest look at his claims. They reject the Bible without even having read it. They reject the story without ever knowing the story. It's happening more and more today. They don't know the story. There's one reason why we have to share good news. We have to tell the story. People don't know. They don't know. So if you are among the skeptics here today, and you're not sure about all this faith stuff, I would say, go ahead and experiment. I mean, what do you have to lose, really? Be open to the possibility that Jesus just might be alive. The resurrection just might have happened. Look for him. Look for him to come to you in scripture and in sermon and in song. Look for him to come to you in unexpected ways, in the course of your daily life, in the people who cross your path, in the circumstances that you face. And I have no doubt that if you are truly open to him and you seek him, that you will find him and that he will show himself to be alive to you. I mean, what if this really is true? What if it is? So if you give your life to Christ, you say, okay, I'm walking with you, Lord, Jesus. I'm walking with you. Show me how to live. And when we invite Christ into our lives, then you know what? We better watch out. Because your life will change. It'll never be the same. It's kind of like being in the middle of an earthquake. Only this one rearranges your life for the better. Someone once wrote, What may we say of our Christ? This. He startled the world with his birth. He amazed the world with his teaching and healing. He shocked the world with his death. He astounded the world with his resurrection. He filled the world with expectation. He gave people hope. He gives people hope. Because of him, the lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear, the dumb speak, the world shakes the church is born, and the good news goes hurtling through the world. Do you feel the earth shaking? You know, we're in the presence of the risen Lord. You know what? Our knees ought to be knocking. Let's pray together. Lord, we are overwhelmed by this incredible news, this turn of events, this, this earthquake that has come to be. And Lord, uh, many of us have experienced that earthquake to be a true life quake, that our lives have been shaken, but shaken for the good. You've shaken us out of the doldrums, out of sin, out of hopelessness, out of despair, and you've put us on the right path. 
So, Lord, help us to follow you. More than that, may your Spirit dwell in us so that more and more there's more of you and less of us, less of our own ego, and that more and more we would reflect your character and your goodness and be purveyors of the hope that we have in you to those around us. Lord, we are Easter people. May we show forth our joy and share good news with people who desperately need it. Help us to tell the story, the story aright, to those who don't know it. And they are all around us. Thank you, Lord, for coming to us, for dying for us, for rising, for conquering death itself. And now we know that because you live, we shall live also. And that nothing can separate us from your steadfast, great love in Christ our Lord. To you be all praise and glory forever and ever. Amen.